4: This is a crowd podcast
1: This episode is sponsored By the snowman Aled Jenkins
2: To be more like Alid, Go to patreon.com Forward slash Show. Become an official sponsor Get bonus content And grow the show today Grow the show If you know joe and tom for everyone oh spread the word have you heard joe marla's show joe marla's show hello dear listener this is of course tom and let me wish you a very merry december from both me and Joe. Joe is away doing other things at the moment. Um, another year of the Joe Marlar show has come to an end, but we see this very much as a celebration. And to celebrate, we are going to bring you some of our very best bits from the year that was 2022. Okay, so the episode you're about to hear contains the following. A former detective, a sex worker, an expert in artificial intelligence, an opera singer, a car salesman, a tube driver, a words expert, a drugs trafficker, a cheerleader and a ridiculous segment involving an animal missing one of its key body parts. It could only happen on The Joe Mahler Show. Enjoy.
4: Present D.I. Joe Mahler. Also present DCI. Can't believe you outranked me still. Tom Thordyce interviewing suspect Neil. <laughs> that shit. <laughs> do you want me to do it? Yes, please. Yeah,
5: please. Alright. Boo. What? It's, hang on, that's about right. I've done this before, you know. This interview is being tape recorded. We're in the interview room at uh, wherever we are. I am interviewing. Say your full name, please. Joseph Mahler. Also present in the room is? Tom. Your legal representative. Fuck off. There's
4: not a chance he's representing me legally. Listen, no, the it The things might work. you've done. Okay, to. You're okay. lucky to have anyone. Right, you
2: say your name, my rep. Uh, solicitor or barrister? No, solicitor. Solicitor, not Soli- barris- solicitor Tom, Thomas Fordyce.
5: Okay, this interview has been tape recording. It may be given in evidence if your case is brought to trial. At the end of the interview, I'll give you a notice explaining what will happen to the tapes and how you may get access to them. You do not have to say anything, but it may harm your defence if you do not mention, when questioned, something which you later rely on in court. Anything that you do say may be given in evidence. The time is... I haven't got my glasses, I can't see my watch.
4: (laughs) (laughs) No comment. Fair enough. Oh, Brack right. On. So that's the yeah. end. No, is that it? Are you I saying got, no, I haven't got, asked you a question yet? Oh, I you're supposed to be questioning me. I got, I got into that then. I felt like, you look really happy, Joe. Yeah, I felt like not oh, nervous. Like, I'm not, I'm, not, no, well, yeah, a little bit, A <laughs> little bit. But I was, I, like, I was got got into it. Like, oh fuck, I'm in one of the rooms. I Actually, does it happen? So that it, it that's well, like that's that. Pretty much it. Yeah. And then I, so I'm sat across the room from you.
2: Like, yeah. So I've been done for accused as your legal representative. Representative, you haven't been done for anything. Okay. What, I don't what, even know if charges haven't been laid at this point. have No, they? no, no, not Okay, at all. We've just what, been what's swifted. The
4: what's the crime? What crime have I done? You haven't done anything. Can no, I just okay, what, stop saying you've done imp-tuning. the crime? Okay, hang on. Can we just pause the tape for a second? <laughs> what what we what are we, pre- we role playing? Um, what am I pretending to be accused what, of? What have you actually done? What in real life? Yeah. Uh, I stole loads of pistachios from Co-op <laughs> when I was five. Okay, that's what that's what you've we'll been questioned about. Yeah, we we'll go with theft. theft. All right, food theft. So shoplifting. Yeah, I've been done for shoplift. No, no, fucking... you Stop saying you've done it. Okay, now I'm panicking. it. No comment. That's what I guess. That's why they say no comment because usually. Yeah. Do you get that a lot? Eighty percent of the time. Ninety percent of the time. You'll be sat across the room for yeah. the accused, and you'll go. Can you tell us where you were on? Yeah. July the ninth. I tell you what. This, there's there's
5: three things that happen, or that can happen. So you can get complete cooperation with the interview where they'll answer all the questions. Maybe. Doesn't happen very often. You get a complete no comment where they will literally just say no comment to every question. Or you get a qualified one where the solicitor will say, my client has a prepared statement. And the solicitor then will row and say, my client says that whilst he was in co-op in wherever it was, he saw the pistachios, but they were planted on him by the shoplifter and he won't ask, ask answer any more questions. And then I'll say, right, okay, thank you for that and take a copy of it. And then I'll still answer, ask all the questions, and then you'll go no comment to each one. But that's not the end of the interview by any stretch of the imagination. The interview then goes on. We plan for no comments because they're so regular, they're so common. The whole point is because of you heard the, the caution. One of the portions of the of the, the caution is that um, it may harm your defence if you do not mention when questioned something you later rely on in court. So if you then say nothing, and then it, when you get to court and say, oh yeah, but he planted them on me. The court will say, well, why didn't
4: you say that at the time? So then it's just thrown out. You're like, well, that's bollocks. You can't just say it. Yeah, if you wanted I, to use it, you had to use it then.
5: It,
6: I
4: tell you what.
5: you
6: order to use
4: it now. It, it didn't used to be quite like that. A couple
6: of
5: mates of mine who are barristers, who are writers, but they're also barristers. And they say now the problem is, is juries don't believe that people wouldn't say why and what and whatever. Because in this generation of Insta, people can't have dinner without putting it on social media. So they can't (laughs) get that if someone won't go in the the witness box and explain what happened, they're thinking, well, he's guilty. So it's actually made it a bit harder for defence lawyers. So that's it. So, yeah, so they're the three options. But uh, no comment is really common, almost routine. On Joe
1: show.
6: Gone Back in the Day was fucking amazing.
2: Or
1: better? Like,
6: oh, yeah. A, it was like a real film set, like a Hollywood film set. Big budget. There would be a crew of 30 to 40 people. Catering because, van. Honestly, and people got paid properly. But now, because of technology and modernization of it, an unethical set looks like a bunch of blokes standing around one girl, waiting for the guy to get hard, then it's... Two hours of taking stills. So this is... We're talking commercial. So brazzers, mofos, fake taxi. Although fake taxi is actually pretty legit. We like fake, fake taxi. What's fake taxi? A fake taxi picks up a girl and then the girl fucks the driver.
4: I can't... Out of all the questions you could have possibly asked in this episode, you've gone, what's fake taxi? No, do you know why it, I it, It's the most self-explanatory <laughs> thing we've had. I'll tell you why,
2: Joe. because... I don't find taxis in any way sexy. I generally feel a bit sick in the back of them. And if it's a minicab, Mm -hmm. they smell of fags and the last occupant. So in no way is a taxi a sexy vehicle.
6: Well, lots of people would beg to differ. I'm in in the
2: wrong. Fair, Fair from you.
6: Um... So to begin with, uh, these two performers, they might not have ever met each other before, but they have to fuck. So we're waiting for the guy to get hard. Some professionals, they get hard really quickly. They can stay rock solid. Some professionals need aids like Viagra. And uh, some people find it really hard and it takes them a while. They're not necessarily in the porn industry that long, though, unfortunately. You know, you're you're a professional. You're there to perform. So, the first time you see them fuck isn't actually the first time you see them fuck because they do the photos first. So, two hours of photos, taking all these photos, and it's generally like stripping. So, the girl does a photo set, then they do a photo set together, then they get, and they're doing all the positions that they think they're going to do during that scene. So the, this, these photos have to mimic the video scene. For continuity. Yeah, for continuity. Not every porn company works this way, by the way. This is just the ones that I've had experience with. So let's do like doggy there, missionary over there, and then sit her on the floor there and she can bounce up and down on me. And so they do that in the photos. And then they go for, we might have like a lunch break. Sometimes it's <laughs> cheese and <add> sandwiches. <laughs> when you
2: say lunch break, Joe and I both imagine trying to conjure up what a lunch break involves. <laughs>
1: this is just this is a lot of
6: work yeah I mean it's just like a fucking film set porn is it's literally a fucking film set it's a film set it's a (laughs) fucking (laughs) film set very good Um, there isn't fluffers anymore unless it's like a ridiculously huge I don't know orgy scene but a fluffer used to be paid for I I think that's long gone that Mm -hmm. hasn't been in Mm -hmm. there for about 10 years Mm -hmm. Um, normally it's just the female performer will help the guy out if if she wants to if he asks Sometimes they assume they're like, "Help me, I'm struggling." And it's a bit like, "Okay, cool." Um, sometimes you've got guys going off to the corner watching porn, trying to get hard. Watching porn, what? <laughs> <laughs> fucking bonkers. Yeah, this
2: is he's literally bonkers. in porn. So he's in porn that he would watch a different porn.
6: Yeah, if he's if you know if he, if he can't get his head in the game, you know you got a crew of fucking loads of blokes there. So uh,
4: in all of this, the way you are describing everything. I'm picturing Tom as the lead role. <laughs> Thank you. In it all, and Amazing. I've just pictured you going off onto the corner of this studio, on that screen, and just going, "Wait, wait a minute, guys! I've just got to put some porn up, and <laughs> then I'll come back to the porn set." And I'm just, I'm dying here picturing it all. Yeah. <laughs> what other terms?
6: I have a favourite term at the moment. Go on. Docking. Docking. Yeah. Can you can you guess what that is?
2: Docking. I mean, th- any number of things can dock with any. So a number docking, of other things, can't they?
4: So I think immediately I think of docking in space like a little <laughs> go like leaving the mothership yeah. and coming in and then go, Oh, I'm just docking. Is it where you take the penis out of the vagina and place it in the butthole?
6: Oh that's a really good guess.
4: What is it? <laughs> docking Docking
2: is <laughs> Docking. Docking. Why are you so red? I'm just trying to think because I would have said what you said. So, oh, would you? No, but docking You details- would have
4: specifically gone <laughs> take the penis out the vagina and put it in the butt. No, I would have said taking the pe- putting the penis
2: in something so it docks. Okay.
6: All right, but do I need to be specific where yeah. the penis is going? Um, I need I need the specifics. Okay, so innocent. Yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. Um, so it's putting a penis inside another penis. What? Yeah. What? So. Foreskin, you know, the magic of foreskin.
2: The magic of foreskin. That's a new podcast we're launching. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to episode one of the magic of foreskin. Our guest today is Joe Marler. Joe, tell us about your Foreskin.
4: how's he doing i've got a decent foreskin if i'm honest i've probably got more foreskin than shaft beautiful what magic can you work with it (laughs) i can tie it in a knot three times oh steve's gone (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't know what to do
2: (laughs) so hang on to this docking business
4: Mm -hmm. is it is it is it erect is it um flaccid whatever way works
6: they're both
2: going in each other's foreskins
6: the thing is if you're into docking you could try it flaccid but you're gonna get turned on yeah and i think obviously the more you get turned on the less foreskin you have to play yeah. with so
4: so maybe it's a, maybe it's an erect penis with a with a flaccid penis with a really look and he's baggy. just fucking the foreskin yeah until it gets hard and then
6: oh that sounds like a an ethical porn film right there that sounds beautiful
4: and we can make it space themed
6: yes
0: <gasps> yes
4: Da, 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 da,
6: da, da. <laughs> as long as everyone's paid fairly, I'm down.
4: <laughs> I got you, didn't It's it? the single favourite thing
1: you've
6: ever said.
1: <laughs> Our guest today is called Rob... He's an
2: opera. No. Hello, Rob. Hello, how are you? Lovely to be here. Joe, we've got a lot of listener questions as well as Joe yeah, and Tom questions engaged today. engaged with this
4: one, are not they?
2: Do you like this first one? Give this, this one from Molly a go because I like it. She's asked,
4: how long can you hold a note for? I don't know,
7: it's not usually counted in seconds. There's like some, a lot of high notes from tenors where they just hold it on for as long as they possibly can. A tenor is the same voice type as me, like Pavarotti. And they'll just hold it just to show they can. But, I don't know, is it 15, 20 seconds? I mean, we could find out, but...
2: Let's do it. We'll all start at the same time. Yeah. And this is like what, last uh, man merges- okay. standing. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's a good idea. What, what note? <clears throat> what
7: note are we Rob, holding? you choose a note. Like, uh,
1: uh, R? R. R? R. I didn't, didn't right think there, so, there
7: was an R. Oh, you want the actual notes? Yeah. Oh, no. You no, know, you've got your guitars on. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Luckily today, I
2: have
7: it. Fucking hell, when he said
4: R, I went, what one's
7: that? Yeah, do It could be A, I
2: suppose. Uh, yeah, oh, I'll try and stick to that one. Lololol. <laughs> la, Joe, yep. you happy with that? So go on, on, we all start go. at the
4: same time. Yeah. yeah. Like oh, a waterfall. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I will drop my yeah. arm. Do you want
2: to get any uh, deep breaths in? go for it.
4: Just need to calm down a little bit. I'm nervous. It's really exciting. Yeah, about this I'm episode is. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> you ready? So it's, Three, oh, is Three. It? Oh. two,
2: one, go. Oh. oh.
4: terrible get me out of here rob i'm done should we do it right higher louder this (laughs) is hands down without the episode even starting the worst episode (laughs) we've ever done tom off purely on the fact this smug twat to the right of me that was really impressive tom i can't i can't abuse you on this i'm gonna go with the positive angle here that was really quite impressive from you Our guest today is Lydia, who is a research data scientist at the Alan Turing Institute. Hello, Lydia. Hello. Joe, I'm a bit scared. So am I. (laughs) Is the robots going to take over and kill us? (laughs) Oh, is that what you're scared about? Yeah. I was just scared about someone who's definitely way more intelligent (laughs) than both of us. (laughs)
2: Are you a robot, Lydia?
4: Uh,
8: Well, how would you know? I mean... Oh,
4: my God.
2: (laughs) What a start. Joe, I'll be honest with you. I... Me and technology, I fear it sometimes because I don't know what it's doing. Mm. Other times, Lydia, I think it's going to make me redundant. Mm. And there's something my laptop has started doing recently where it is giving, as I'm typing away, I'm writing something, it is giving me an option for the next word before I've typed it. And initially I was like, yeah, whatever, computer. It's fucking good, though. The number of times. So now, Joe, this is freaking me out because I'm thinking, this computer
4: is better than me at what I'm doing. Is that what's happening on my phone? Your phone will do it as well, yeah. So when I'm texting, it will give me like a selection of three words that they think it's going to be so that I can just click on that one.
8: So that's AI. There's an
4: AI in my phone. Kind of, yeah. Right. uh, Go with Tom's. (laughs) It's sort
2: of Are we going to get replaced
8: by AI? Is that what you mean?
2: I thought there'd be lots of things that would be replaced. Mm. Like all the mechanical things. Mm. So obviously dishwasher being a classic example. I found it slightly chastening that creative writing could Mm -hmm. be done better by robot slash AI than my brain.
8: Yeah, so there's there's two really cool um, AIs that have come out really recently. One's called GPT three, and that um, can write really well. So you can give it a prompt, say, "Tell me a story about bears," and it'll write a full story for you. What? Um, and it's quite creepy. Like you can look these up. They're they're really good now. And and what they've done is they've fed this machine all of the human written text that they can think of stop and, feeding it and f- fed all of it and it's learned how to do, how does language work how do stories work and then it can it can generate new ones for you um, and and there's another one that's called Dali, DALLE d a l l e and that creates images for you so you can say i want to see a tiger sipping martinis and it will create <laughs> images for you that's amazing that's so you better. think is this creativity <laughs> is this the machine creating things for us is this art are these are these stories it's writing now so that
4: gtp3
8: gpt3 yeah G-
4: but fucking got that wrong straight away <laughs> i mean it's,
8: it's excellent hard to remember. so that one yeah. you've just said so that one's learning from you so yeah. as you type oh, okay on your phone. so it's
4: based on what his previous results yeah, exactly have been.
8: so if you're using gmail for, for example or another email service they're kind of following what everyone's writing in their emails and so they can start to learn oh people tend to write thanks for your last email it sounded great and they can start to suggest that as oh you're probably likely to start writing this kind of sentence gpt3 is a, like a huge version of that where they've fed it all of human text that they can get their hands on so it's a much bigger version it's not been rolled out completely yet because it's still quite massive and they are a little bit worried about the implications of what it could do because journalists could use it to write articles and similar that's not been fact-checked but it looks really real so they're a bit worried about it. It, going rogue what do you mean Gmail see
4: everyone's...
8: Yeah, so they learn from what you're writing in your Gmail, for example. Um, so that's part of the privacy. Is that legal? I mean, you sign away your rights when you, when? Where. <laughs> when when you sign you up that? to the service. There's terms and conditions and they, they say things like, we want to be able to read what you're writing. They a- anonymise it. Fuck, so... I, hang on, that was, not
4: put. <laughs> that was not put in bold.
8: No, it wasn't. Ever. I mean, this is why the EU gets upset with a lot of tech companies that are taking people's data. Because a lot of people don't realise that their data is being looked at and trained with um and so there's there's big implications for privacy and, and similar
2: I'm going to start making a list John on my piece of paper of items of technology I'm going to smash when I get home <laughs> I,
8: am, I
4: am really nervous and
8: scared now so there's there's definitely this idea now that data, so the kind of your use interface, what you're using with a computer, is now the new oil. So this is where all the money is coming from. How you use the world and and technology, and that's where people are making money from it. So there's lots of questions about who owns it and do you have rights to it? and Do you have the right to not be tracked and not be followed around on the internet? So this is one of the big problems. Do, that
4: do we got. have the right?
8: Not at the moment. Right to not be tracked. Not at the moment. The EU is looking into it, and they're trying to put more regulations on Facebook, and Facebook have got very upset about it. For example.
4: So so. the only way you can not be tracked is to not be on it.
8: Unfortunately, that doesn't really work either. Um. (laughs)
4: Fucking hell, we're screwed. This is especially you and your fucking history on your. All right. So, Do you remember,
8: do you remember, do, you remember <laughs> do you remember if you sign up to a website and it says, would you like to sign in using Facebook or Gmail or Google? Yep. That's one of the ways they can follow you, even if you're not on Facebook. So they can follow ah. you around the web, for example. Um, and if you don't sign up to those services at all, they can kind of infer that you exist. So your friends, for example, if they're communicating with each other and they see an unknown number that's coming in, so maybe you're not on Facebook but someone's communicating with you externally, they can kind of tell, oh, there's a Joe-shaped person in the so- social circle. We kind of know oh, you exist. So that's, that's why this is one of the big concerns about how big companies are using data and, and following people around the internet. And, and this does have implications for even things like democracy. So a lot of targeted ads that are used by politicians and similar, some of those can get quite scary about, about what data is being used for those purposes. So where I work, we're like looking into the ethics of all of data science and, and AI and how privacy is is really important. So that this is something the people I work with. But why
4: weren't those ethics looked at before... It was all rolled out as to be like, yeah, just give us all your data.
8: Uh, I guess it's how the world works, right? It makes you money. So.
4: Shoot first, ask yeah. later. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to say mm. some everyday items. Yeah. And I need to know whether they are AI mm-hmm. or not. <laughs> <laughs> toaster.
8: Depends on the toaster.
4: Okay, I've got a Breville... Uh,
8: (laughs) so one that you put a little timer on yeah that does the time for you and then pops it up when it's done so that's the kind of intelligence isn't it it knows when when it's done okay
4: so that's a tick for me microwave
8: Uh, yeah again you can set it and it goes but it's not feeding any information in, so it's not looking at your food, and going, yeah, I reckon so that's... So it
4: can't right. get more intelligent. No. It is what it is. It is what it is. But it's and not. that's
8: that's what most of our AI is like. It's got a singular purpose. It does the thing it's supposed to do, and that's that. That's basically how all AI works at the moment. Quad bike. It's a machine, right? So the blurry line between what's intelligent or not. I mean, you give it a control, and then it it acts on that on the engine. So to an extent, well, it's it's
4: not working at the minute (laughs) because I I flooded it with petrol, so the engine's a bit fucked. So,
8: but there's for example, there's rice cookers that can kind of take in information about the steam levels and then change the the amount of heat that's going in. So it's a feedback system. So that's that's like an intelligent rice cooker. They're quite cheap nowadays.
4: Fucking hell.
2: <laughs> On Joe Mahler's show. Can I just... Joe's referenced DeVito in Matilda already. I would like to go through the sort of DeVito checklist of dodgy things to do to dodgy cars. Can you just tell me if it's realistic or if Dahl has made these up? Yeah. Number one, <laughs> sawdust into the gearbox.
4: Never seen. That. Why would you put sawdust in the... Why does he put sawdust in, in the gearbox? I think it's to
2: stop the cranking and grinding... And then the sawdust just softens it for a little bit, doesn't it?
4: We're asking an official, professional car salesperson questions based on a Roald Dahl book. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> what we mean. OK, please continue.
7: Just for full disclosure, I am no longer a car salesperson, so I'm happy to expose car salespeople. Ooh. We'll get to that.
4: This is good.
7: Yeah, let's fucking do
4: it. Yeah, let's expose the motherfuckers. <laughs> DeVito cheat
2: sneak number two. As Joe's referenced, getting the milometer, and I think DeVito uses a... Screwdriver. Re- a drill, Don't. reversible drill, doesn't he? Oh, um, yes. that's it.
7: V- Makita. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Olden days, you could literally reverse screwdriver the mileage on a car. Is there anything else that DeVito does? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he superglues the... I
2: think he uses super glue to put a errant bumper back on. I've done that. What?
7: Oh, wow. Yeah. No way. You've stuck a bumper on. Oh, I have done over the years. Is, as a car salesperson, and I don't mind saying this, Joe, you came in to buy a car from me, you'd go, oh, you'll have that scratch done, won't you, Lloyd? Yeah, I'll have that scratch done, and the curved wheels. Yeah, yeah, of course I will. I'll park it out of the sun, make sure it's still wet from the valet bay, and uh, sharpie those black wheels back up so <sighs> no one notices.
4: Oi, 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 oi. I am never trusting a car salesperson. Mind you, I've never trusted one anyway, no. so please yeah. continue. What other, what other tricks are there that, uh, that they used, they used to do they obviously not me I'm a professional car so Sharpie yeah but Sharpies might as well be doing that anyway I've seen
2: someone do that with a higher car they got which they got a little tiny scratch on and rather than pay the punishing excess they just got the black Sharpie out and filled the little hole
7: in my favourite in that scenario is Tepex on a white car (laughs) because it doesn't matter what white it is Tepex matches
2: wow do you get a little bump on it? Do you have to do it really carefully.
7: Yeah, yeah. But yeah and I've I have been caught tipxing a customer's car as they're <laughs> <laughs> as they're driving into the car park to pick it up. Well, then quickly wipe over it. And you've gone. oh, I'm just giving it a last polish, last buff. See the old girl out. What's that in your pocket? <laughs> What's
4: that? Oh, it's tip. Oh, no, don't worry about that. Yeah, the... yeah, just. Yeah. Um, I'd like to go back to the role play of right trying to buy my first car in that lot. Look. Uh, what are the chances are you knocking off ten grand, no, knocking off a couple of grand, if I I've got a really famous uh, friend called Tom Fordyce? he does loads of podcasts. I'll get him to sign a a picture of himself for you.
7: Will that get me any discount? So because you know Tom Fordyce, yeah, uh, and he's going to sign his own name on a picture of himself, <laughs> 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 you want me to give you two grand off the price of that car, which. To a salesperson, in 10% terms, it's 200 quid. You want okay. me to give you 200 quid out my back pocket for a signed picture of Tom Fordyce. Have
4: that. you ever been offered anything in order to get someone? Yes. What, a better than a signed Tom Fordyce picture? Yep. What? I was offered a blowjob. Pardon? By a like, a, like, a, like a dick in your mouth situation. <laughs> yeah, dick
2: what? in your
7: mouth situation. What sort of blowjob were you thinking of?
4: I don't know, I just wanted clarity. You've and been offered a
7: blowie for a fucking discount. Yeah. What was the car? Uh, Bentley Bentayga. And it was really awkward because her husband was in the back of the car. What? So he 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 watched. I didn't get the blow job. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You've assumed that I've accepted fellatio from a stranger. <laughs> I would have. <laughs> Good to see you mate. <laughs>
4: Did the husband I mean, it might have been a little bit off-putting with the husband in the back,
2: but... Just to clarify the, the finer details in this, Lloyd, the husband heard the offer.
7: You couldn't not hear it. and I, I was sat in the front... You couldn't not hear it! And I sort of went, what the fuck? <laughs> and I sort of just started looking round at him in the back, and he was deadpan-faced. Like, See, his reaction, Joan, makes me wonder if she had offered that
2: same
4: bribe in other situations, maybe purchasing a house We 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 don't actually know whether it was specifically her offering her services, Mm. or maybe
7: the reason the husband in the back was so quiet was because he was like, "Yeah, she's offering me out." Uh, Yeah, mate, it's a really good point, and not one that I'd consider. Now I feel violated. What (laughs) what I'm disappointed about is that you didn't go through so we could
4: actually find out. Whether it was him or her, or what, whether... It was how the big it, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Did they
7: wait, leave
2: I'm, a card? I'm
4: sorry.
7: <laughs>
2: <laughs> ho, ho, ho. This episode is sponsored by the following festive people.
1: Tiny Tim
2: Eaton. Chris Kringle Getty. Mistletoe Matt Johnson. Jingle Dells, Jingle Dells, it's Joe Dell, da-da. A Christmas Carol John Dickinson. I would say Nick Quinn, <laughs> Jack Frost Travis, Rockin' Robin, Stiff, 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 Rockin' Robin, Stiff, 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 Rupert the Red Nose, Reindeer Ellingham, Jolly Ollie Sandy, and we wish you a Merry Chris Hodgson. To be more like all of them, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Show, become an official sponsor, and grow the show today.
4: Hello, listener, my old friend.
2: Might be more than one by now, but anyway.
4: It's cool that you've come again. We're going to speak for you.
2: Have you, have you run out of <laughs>
1: Yes, I have!
2: Hello, listeners, my old friends. Oh, We've come to talk to you again.
1: Softly Joey. <laughs> Softly Joey? Me!
2: <laughs> Is that your new nickname? Please, Softly, me Softly Joey.
1: Softy Joey. Softy Joey.
4: That's me.
2: And a medium Tommy. Like voices never shared, no one dared. It's the sound of the Joe
4: Marla show. I
3: think
2: that
4: was one of our best ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, completely off the buff cuff. <laughs> Boo. You've committed a crime, okay? Yeah, and we need to get to the bottom of it, and we we can't prove it. DCI Tom and DI Joe, or DS Joe, that you, you're washed up DS. Who's the boss? Out uh, of you two? Guilty. You're the boss,
5: <laughs> so yeah, you yeah. you need to be at least what? You're if he's a what were you? Oh, mate, he's DCI. D, he's a ch- Chief
4: Inspector. You're only a Sergeant. unlucky. You need to be a superintendent then. Oh, I'm a DSI then. Detect just Detective Superintendent. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm your boss. Okay. Mm. And before before we go into this, mm-hmm. okay, I'm gonna go hard at this interview. All right, yeah. you play the good. You you okay. you sort of soften the blow. I like it. Okay, let it. Yeah. Okay. Beep. Yeah. Every pre- You've everyone present. Yeah. I'm here. You're here. Neil's here. Yeah. If you use it in evidence, fucking, I don't give a shit. You're fucking gonna tell me everything you know. You piece of shit. No comment. What do you mean? No comment. No comment. Well, technically, you've just made a comment (laughs) by saying no comment, you piece of shit. So one nil me. Okay. Where's my brief? What brief? Where's my solicitor? Take your briefs off. Tell me where you were last night or I'm going to throw my hot tea in your face. Yeah, that doesn't play well with judges now. ah, We got more than no comment out of him. Fucking two nil us. First crack. Anyway, the the point, the really shit point I'm trying to make is, do interrogations like that actually happen? No. So is it literally just, you're better off just sticking to the rule book? You, you have to, you've got no choice. It's tape recorded, and most of the time it's video recorded now. Surely there's, there's stuff that, I want to believe there's stuff where they go, turn the tape off for a minute. Yeah. And then I bang your head on the thing like Batman and the Joker. If you're 99.9% sure... The bloke across the table from you, or the woman across the table from you, is a serial killer. You've got everything, but you need this one bit of thingy, and you just beat fuck out of his head. And then you get the answer, that one bit of it. Surely that's worth doing it. How can you not well, do that? because it, it'll be ruled as inadmissible.
5: Oh, see, Because it, you just can't do it. And oh. the fact is, the more serious the case, the more seriously you have to take it. I mean, interviews now they get to the point of being almost scientifically worked out. You'll have an interview coordinator who will discuss with the SIO a strategy and there'll be a written interview strategy about where you go. And, you know, we expect no comments. And most of the time it will be a no comment. But it is, the more serious the case, the more important it is to literally stick to the rule. You have to stick to the rules because it's all... And if you do that and threaten someone, and even raising your voice a bit, they'll say, we suggest this is oppressive and therefore... They might rule the whole interview inadmissible.
1: Mother of God!
5: Jesus Mary! Jesus. And the
4: and the oh, weird donkey, and the donkey. <laughs> sit down now. On
2: Joe show, do you hey. not feel with the whole head thing? I'm always convinced my head is just going to pop off by like unscrewing the top of a bottle. It's just going to go, whoosh, and I'll be looking back at my headless body. What like chickens? A bit like chicken.
4: You know, like they they when they get their head chopped off, they can still see for like an hour. For an hour. Yeah, something. I thought like the that. body kept moving for an hour, then the head could see for an hour.
3: Were well, there a chicken that lived without a head for like a year? Yeah. And they were feeding it through just straight down its <laughs> neck. <laughs> true story. Look
0: it up. Look ben, it up. That's that that the sort of
3: nonsense I expect from Joe, <laughs> not from a, a medical professional. You to look it up. I'm full of random facts as well. So <laughs> that's what I read, anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> look it up after
4: it. was Tom's. Oh, it, was, it was Tom's. It was Tom's. When Ben went, yeah, they just kept putting food
3: down it, and <laughs> Tom was
0: like, <up>, "For
3: <laughs> We'll look it up and see. Fucking want that to be so I'm sure true. It's. I'm sure it's a long time. Might not be. Having, a long time. Tom's absolutely. Absolutely, scurrying, none scurrying. absolutely none
4: scurrying. of it. <laughs> The news just in from Ryan, the producer, is Mike the headless chicken. Hang on, Mike, Mike, that's what? your biggest issue, is it? Well, I'm... not the next part, really. <laughs> Mike the headless chicken survived for eighteen months. Eighteen months. Told you. By is being it? fed <laughs> via an eyedropper. What? He's not got any eyes. He's just got a head. <laughs> down his neck. What? Just how Ben <laughs> described. He went, yeah. i <laughs> stuff down his neck What which of... you went, what? <laughs> <laughs> For a year? No way. What sort of life is that? And to add to that update, <laughs> every May of the month <laughs> in Colorado Yeah. There's a Mike the Headless Chicken, what? Day. <laughs> why Colorado? There's a Mi-
2: what? Why Colorado? That's where he's from. It's <laughs> where he's from. Like, it's obvious. <laughs>
4: <laughs> why, why? No, it is obvious! Why else would they have it in Colorado? It might just be big fans. Why, why am I celebrating an Inuit who has discovered <laughs> an extra part of Antarctica in Heathfield? <laughs> <laughs> the,
2: the Inuits are in the Arctic. Oh,
4: God!
2: You literally couldn't have been further away. Is there snow there? <laughs> yes, there is snow. Right. Okay. Fair? If, just to go back to the question of what sort of life it would be for Mike the Headless Chicken. Right, I'm going to give you two stark options, okay? Your head comes off because someone's doing the head twisting and they fuck it up, okay? Can that someone be Ben? Ben's done it. Unfortunately, it's gone wrong. Ben, but he's better
4: he? at now. It was I when you were bad it. at it. Right. Yeah, he's, Ben's much better now. <laughs> World class at it. Your
2: head has come off. Choice number one, that's the end of your life. Choice number two, you survive for 18 months (laughs) like Mike the Headless Chicken (laughs) by by me feeding you (laughs) through a giant, massive eyedropper
4: into your neck. (laughs) That reminds me of when I was 12. (laughs) Ow! Ow! And I went to a birthday party. Yeah. <laughs> My best mate's dad and his mate were on the door like a couple of bouncers. <laughs> and they had black bomber jackets <laughs> with the orange lining inside. Yeah, classic. And it all kicked off. And there was a couple of kids who were trying to get into this party. And Mick turns around to this, like, 14-year-old... And goes, oh, you fucking prick! You do that again, I'll rip your head off and shit down your neck. (laughs) (laughs) Remember us all just going, what? (laughs) First of all, how's that going to work? Like in the heat of the moment, how are you actually ripping someone's head off and then doing a turd down their (laughs) neck? And do do they mean the neck of the head or do they mean the neck of the body? Because the neck's now in two parts. So that's why that reminded me of when I was 12. Your answer? And my answer is I would probably go to uh, Ben's practice with no head and i go, Ben, and he goes, Hi, Joe. How do you know it's me?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Your tattoos. Good Good. Good answer. Good, okay.
4: Um, Hi, Ben, good to see you again. Uh, you got, Hang on, how are you speaking? I'm writing okay, it down. Right. I'm, I can't fucking write it down and then do a podcast without...
3: <laughs> I don't think I would be as calm as well if you turned up without a head. <laughs> okay, and, right, Hi Ben, no, how are you? Stop, yeah, Joe, I'm again. fine, where's your bloody go, head?
4: Ben. <laughs> <laughs> ben, I'm holding up a sheet that says, Hi Ben, how are you? And I've got no head. You go.
3: Did I do that? <laughs> or were you involved in a really bad accident afterwards? <laughs>
4: Can't remember, but...
3: You're writing can, this, yeah?
4: Yeah, can't remember, can you fix me, question mark? No.
3: I can't, Fucking hell! I can't put your head back on, can I? Right, well, that's all I needed to know. I'd give you an eyedropper and say, when you're hungry, <laughs> just use this. <laughs> I think
2: the eyedropper would have to have such a massive bulb where Turkey you Turkey baster from. instead, yeah. maybe. <laughs> so you're going, which one option are you going for? What was the
4: question? <laughs> <laughs> so, no steering, just back and forth when you are driving it. Yeah. It's just forward that and back. Is, yes. And it's just on this one line mm-hmm. that goes round or thing. And you said there's not many buttons. What would the buttons be for anyway?
9: you got door buttons, open and close the doors. So you control all that? Oh, yeah, I get to control the doors, So yeah. as
4: the driver, you're not just the driver, as you've described, described. You're not driving, but you do drive. But you do the buttons, open and close,
9: mm-hmm. announcements. Oh, I love an announcement. I'll
2: tell you what, you do an announcement as if you are on your first day as a tube driver, and
4: then we'll get Sarah to rate it. Okay, what have I got to say, Sarah? You just. Uh...
2: So
9: why don't you say... Something that encompasses the train terminates here, make sure you have everything with you and kind of anything else you want to put into the mix, really, that you feel really shows off your personality whilst keeping it clean because TFL, you know, very respectable company.
2: Does it need a bing bong at the start or anything?
9: No, no, you just need to say, you just need to welcome <coughs> everybody.
4: <coughs> oh God, I wouldn't cough, over it.
9: Hello, the next station stop is
4: Kennington this station fuck nope. this train this train will terminate here please connect fuck please make sure you collect any bags and belongings and take them with them with you if you suspect it report it or send a message to <laughs> the metropolitan police on one 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 bye <laughs> no I think... Mind the gap getting off as well.
9: mm, What was good is that you said hello, which, you know, it's nice to introduce yourself. You did tell everyone to take everything with him. You got the station name correct, I'm assuming. that You are supposed to be at Kennington. (laughs) Um, Maybe the, the use of the F word quite liberally. I mean, you could say, like, I've got Tourette's, and obviously we are an equal opportunities employer, so that's something that would... Be embraced.
4: I think I think the audience, I mean the customers,
3: <laughs>
4: I think the customers might, you know, relate to a little bit of realism. I'd say 90 95% of the customers on that uh, northern line service to Kennington uh, probably I used Kennington. the word fuck many a time.
2: It was the night before Christmas, and Santa and Elf were still processing last-minute requests.
1: Hello, Santa.
4: Oh, have we finished yet?
1: Nearly. Oh,
4: fuck, he's got another list.
1: This one's just come in, Santa. It's from a listener to The Joe Marler Show.
4: (laughs) The hit podcast? I've heard it's excellent. What are they asking for?
1: They would like a ticket to the Joe Marlo Show live at a London Palladium. Now, where can we get one of those, Santa?
4: Oh, the, the link is in the episode description.
1: Great tick. They also want a Joe Marlo Show bubble hat. Where do we keep those?
4: The link is in the episode description. <sighs>
1: tick number two. Uh, finally, they would like one pair of Joe Marlo Show socks.
7: <sighs> Guess what?
1: Right, so all the links for live show tickets, bubble hats and socks are in the episode description. That makes it really
4: easy. It's a good system. I've been doing this for a while now.
1: You're the best, Santa.
4: I am, Elf. Why don't you get two of those London Palladium tickets for you and Mrs. Elf?
1: Um, Mrs. Elf has left me, Santa. Oh dear. Yeah, she says I work too hard. Awkward. You could come with me, though, Santa.
4: Fuck.
2: How am I going to get out of this? Elf stares longingly into Santa's eyes, trying to capture the magic of Christmas. When is it? April. Fuck, I've got no excuse. And neither have you, dear listener. The Joe Martha Show, live at the London Palladium. Tickets on sale now, because you've got nothing better to do. Okay,
4: okay, I'll come. I'll, I'll come with you.
1: Yay! Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Santa.
4: But because it's the Palladium, and I hear their first live show was very good, not because I like you more than any other of the elves.
1: It'll be our little secret, Santa.
4: God, I hate secret center. Santa. Our guest today is Tom Reed Wilson. He's a TV personality and a man who knows a lot about words. Hello, Tom.
0: What a lovely fanfarenard. That was beautiful. <laughs> that was Chopin to my tympanic membrane, Joe. Fanfarenard? Yes. Fanfarenard?
4: Yes. First question. <laughs> what is a fanfarenard?
0: It's sort of a very high highfalutin way of saying fanfare. I was just doing it to kind of impress you, really. Is it related to promenade? I don't think so, no.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It does end the same way, Joe. Faranad.
0: But it does have that kind of inbuilt music, doesn't it? I love words that have inbuilt music like that. I think your name has it. I mean, you have a composer's name. Gustav. Yes. Yeah, not related.
4: (laughs) He was with an H. Yes, Um, yes, yes. I'd like to say that I was related, and that I've got as much musical talent as he had. Although, did he have musical talent? Because he just composed. Indicates a certain level of music talent.
2: yeah. Does it? <laughs> have you ever been nicknamed Gustave?
0: But then you wouldn't belong in my favourite song. What is Seems your favourite? Seems like happiness is just a thing called Joe. He's got a smile that makes the lilacs want to grow. Do you know what my house Do you know name that is? One? My house is called the Lilacs. Oh, my. Do you know the story about how Blake Edwards wooed Julie Andrews? Please. Oh, it's enchanting. Mm. He said at a big Hollywood party before they ever met, I think Julie Andrews has lilacs for pubic hairs. (laughs) And um, she heard this story on the grapevine or the lilac bush, and um, she was so tickled by it that she sent a lilac tree... To his house as a housewarming gift. And he thought, oh, that's the girl for me. And then two years later, they were married. Was it like an actual lilac tree or... It wasn't pruning from her yonic yeah. region, no. <laughs> <laughs> At least I don't think so. I haven't asked her. Within
4: minutes of you being on the show, you have dragged this show down from a highbrow
0: to the smutter gutter. Mr. Marler, <laughs> I used the word yonic which is Sanskrit, which is the oldest language in the world, which means Volvo, but <laughs> I did use Sanskrit in my defense. That, in fact,
4: Volvo was one of the earliest words that I learned when I was really? about nine. Because I was going through a book and I asked what a Volvo was and the parents didn't really <laughs> want to answer. And then they were like, it's a car. <laughs> yeah, tell the truth, it's so. a comfortable family <laughs> saloon. I <laughs> <laughs> just spend the next few years going, yeah, hey, check out the Volva. They're like, the what? <laughs> okay, it's fine. <laughs> this yeah. is one I learned today as well prattle. Overblown talk, really. So
0: is that where Pratt comes
4: from? Do you know it
0: probably <laughs> It's such a Pratt. Might do you mind it, yeah. Because yeah. this
4: says, it says, talking for a long time about insignificant things. Prittle Prattle. Which is pretty much yes. this podcast.
0: No. No, it's most diverting. The fuck. Yes. It, it originally meant to hit. There's a myth that it was an acronym that was fornication under consent of the king that was put on people's doors in... Times of plague and pestilence, but it's not that at all. It just means to hit. And kestrels used to be called wind fuckers <laughs> because they would beat the wind as they flew. Don't all birds beat the wind? A kestrel does a little bit more liberally because of its wings. Kestrels were originally known as wind fuckers. Yes, indeed they were. You'd Fuck um... was a very neutral word. Neutral. Yes. So
4: when when did it become so commonly used well, to said, go oh, sadly, as an insult? Or sadly, to- a
0: lot of those hitting words transmuted into the world of sex, like banging. You know, it's it's such a shame because I don't think I've ever banged anyone. No. Or been banged. No. I think it's always been a, a bit more of a corporeal undulation in my bedchamber. <laughs> <laughs> a tussle of the down.
2: Why are certain words considered rude? Because they're fundamentally just a collection of letters.
0: Well, I think context is everything, Tom. You know, we were talking about fucking, weren't we? And how that was sort of basically originally hitting or banging. And then its context made it very, very naughty. And cunt in... <laughs> In um, the Miller's Tale, Ah, Chaucer—well, Chaucer Chaucer said very neutrally in the Miller's Tale—he grabbed her by the quaint, and that's what he was talking about. And it was just a very, very innocent anatomical word. And then, so it merged from quaint. Yes, it did. And then it truncated slightly. These naughty words, it's so funny. I did an episode of Celebrity Juice once, and about halfway through the recording, the producers descended upon us, and they said, we've nearly filled our cunt quota, just to let you know. (laughs) Um, We have had three, and we'll allow three, because there have only been ten fucks. So the number of fucks impacted the number of cunts. And... Also, the manner in which they were said... You know how you were saying that you could say... Pratt, very affectionate. Yes. And if you said on Celebrity Juice, for example, oh, you lovely cunt, then that would be fine. But if you say it a little bit more um, spikily, then you're really only allowed one. It's all about the context, isn't it, of how you say these The words. context is yeah, the key. the context. <laughs> <laughs> There's another portmanteau. Oh, that's, that's a one.
2: great portmanteau. The
0: context is key.
2: Words, I don't know if you can confirm or deny this. My research indicates that the word comes originally from the Hindu goddess Kanti,
0: <laughs> who, oh, so who is all eminent. about
2: female bodies and power. In Dutch, kont, K-O-N-T, means buttocks, not lady garden. So, Joe, if you are in the Netherlands, that's just a distinction to be aware of. Someone might be talking about their buttocks. <laughs> Physically and literally, Yeah, if
4: you're in the Netherlands. <laughs> that's true, Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to take a small break. Leviar
0: is on Dow.
4: A large break, <laughs> um, and then we'll come back. All right, Joe.
9: Good afternoon, everyone. We are now departing the adverts and our next stop will be the second half of the show.
2: Mind the doors. So, Sean, let's say you were selling or one of the people who were working for you, because I'm sure you didn't get your hands dirty after a bit. Let's say one of your underlings was selling an ecstasy pill for 20 quid. Who gets what money out of that 20 quid?
10: All right, so let's go to the the peak of it then when I've got mules bringing up tens of thousands of pills at a time in. I think the largest shipment we did was 40,000 in computer towers and he brought them in through Mexico. So what happens at that point is I've got 10 to 20 factions of my enterprise. I've got about 200 people working for me at the peak of it. The heads of the factions might get 5,000 pills on credit at, let's say, 10 and then he gives them a runner at 15, 20, whatever. And runners are out in the club selling for 25, $30. Now, if you look at what my costs are the cost of the pill, the cost of the flights, paying the smuggler, legal expenses, and any costs I've got to incur from pills getting injected. So I'd average that about $3 a pill. So if I'm bringing 40,000 in at three, Giving them to my dealers at 10, distributors at 10, I'm making seven and I on 40,000, which is what, 280,000, is it? 200-something thousand? Fuck
4: knows what it yeah. sounds like a decent markup.
10: <laughs> <laughs> I can see why you were like, yeah, this is actually going really well. well. Let's fucking go more. Let's do some more. So at the peak of it then, we're bringing them in through Mexico. But while I'm still a stockbroker, I got a call from Fish Fish was in an apartment in the same complex that Wildman was at, where he'd settled down for a bit. And Fish said, Got a situation. Will you come over with Wildman and Seth right away? Seth was another massive guy as well. Um, Seth's dead too. And I said, All right, I'll go and see if I can get Wildman. I'm phoning Wildman, phoning Wildman, trying to figure out where he is. And Wildman is collecting. Crack debts for the Colombian in central Phoenix, I can't get him. don 't know where he is. So I go over to fishes myself. This is a 30 minute drive, get to Fish's Fish answers the door, and his girlfriend is like crying. I'm like, "What's the matter? What's the matter? And they're just both staring at me. And then I hear dzz, dzz. It was loads of flies. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I said, what the fuck was that to them? They're speechless. They say, you just better go look. So I walk into this room and there's a naked, hog-tied man on the carpet and there's a New Mexican mafia guy I've already been introduced to, an old, older guy with slick back silver hair and he's giving instructions in Spanish to his crew and they've got cattle prods and when he gives the order, they're prod prodding this guy and he, he goes like this, like a rocking horse. And he's gagged and piss is shooting out of his dick as they're electrocuting him. So that's why I walked into. And this is heavy. So now I'm thinking, shit, how do you behave in a situation like this? If they think I'm a liability, uh, what's what are they going to fucking do to me if they're doing this? You're going to be on all fours yeah, in five yeah. minutes, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I say, I say to Fish, what's happened here? Fish said, this guy on the floor... It was one of my customers. He come and bought some drugs, waited until I left and came back and robbed me. and he robbed their stuff, as in the New Mexico mafia. He robbed your stuff. I called you, I called them, and they got here first. So, did you, I presumably, you had your cattle prods um, in the boot ready to, ready to. Oh, that's what I was going to do first, my, lads. My, my VIX inhaler and my glow sticks. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, the head of the operation with the silver he's looking at me with a like welcome to the family smile and i'm like yeah i couldn't find wild man i gotta get back to work and got the fuck out of there but all the way back to work it was haunting me what was going to happen to that guy but i I did learn what happened to the guy so they called his roommates and they said um we caught him doing this we've got him in here 10 grand you guys need to hustle up 10 grand real quick or he's going to be taken out to the desert and they did hustle up 10 grand real quick
2: Not about you, Joe, but I'm loving Will's love of cheer and his his passion, his passion for it.
4: Every every word you've spoken about cheer, like your face has been lit up. You've come prepared with all the different notes of any questions that we did have. You're just so passionate about this sport. But you touched on when you first got into it. You thought, oh, it's, I'll give it a go, try it out, and so. But what did you actually then get out of it? What then made you go, oh, I fucking love this? Was it the physical nature, that the actual competition of it, or tell us why you,
11: you, you got a lot out of it? I didn't enjoy school and academically I did fine it wasn't anything you know to write home about but I did did okay Um, but I never felt like I fitted in and I don't know if you you guys have experienced or anyone listening but sometimes kid there are kids in the year that are sort of like the whipping kids of the year that the one everybody seems to know their business the one that everybody can take the mick out of for whatever reason that I ended up being one of those those kids in my year and it allow well it didn't allow me to but I I withdrew into myself quite a bit and I I am now by nature very closed off and reserved which I've desperately tried not to be talking to you guys because I also that cheer brings that passion out in me and I went to cheer and by being in that group where people trusted me people actually liked me for you know the fact that I could do cheer and they felt safe in, in that environment with me was was an amazing feeling and being part of a group that, that really trusted me was great and I had a chat a couple of days ago with one of my closest friends who I did cheer with and she turned around and said yeah well when I first met you I thought you were a bit of a dick yeah. and she said that hasn't changed no she said um, <laughs> but she said no it wasn't that it was you were very reserved and I just thought you didn't like anyone and you weren't opening up and she said over that first term at university she saw how much I changed how much warmer I got towards people how much more willing I was to to open up to them and it was just like being part of a family I've most of my closest friends that I've got I have cheered with in some form or another cheer also this is a strange sentence but cheer also allowed me to realize that I had mental illnesses as well um in my second year at university, within two weeks of each other, I had two different conversations with two friends, both of whom had come to me about relationship issues they were having, which was highly ironic because I'd never been in a relationship at this point. Didn't know what I was talking about, but they saw me as a shoulder to cry on, which was amazing, and I just wanted to help them in any way I could. And both of these conversations ended up becoming about me and them talking to me. And I vividly remember one of them who's still a good friend of mine now saying, "Well, it's it's so difficult to be around you because you're so on edge I'd never feel like you're relaxed you're always anxious you're always looking over your shoulder you're always worrying and I at this point thought I got a lot better at opening up letting people in being a bit more chilled and it turned out that I just got a little bit less worse at it so I had those two conversations under the fortnight of each other and then that allowed me to have the confidence, I guess, to go in and seek help. And I have, after a 10 minute consultation, I was diagnosed with severe generalized anxiety disorder and depression, which I understood the anxiety. That's something I've been, with retrospect, suffering with since I was seven years old. I've been having a lot of panic attacks. I've had hundreds of panic attacks to the point at which I can, I learned how to hide them from people because I found them so embarrassing. What I didn't understand was the, depression and this is still the wrangle I have in my head every single day in that I've grown up with an amazing family two of the best parents you could ever have an amazing sister I've had a good education I've had good opportunities I did have a lot of bullying at school but with what most people suffer it's nothing it doesn't matter so you know in my own head I still have those conversations every day of like what have I done to almost earn the title of being depressed but to actually have someone turn around to me and and say that I was then able to reflect on my life and look back and think, yeah, I first started suffering from depression at the age of 11 when I went to secondary school and, and these sorts of things. And that was when I was 20, when I was diagnosed, I'm 27 now, I'm still working my way through it. But if it wasn't for cheerleading, if it wasn't for those two conversations I had, it could have been so much harder, so much different. And I will forever owe those two people and the sport just everything because they've allowed me to realise how much of a difficult adolescence I had because of my own mental health, be able to reflect on that and now think about how I can make things better going forwards. And yeah, as I said, I'm indebted to the sport and, and that's why I love it so much because it's allowed me to be... God, I'm trying to say this out sounding really, really wanky, but it's allowed me to be... <laughs> the wankier the bear is actually our <laughs> motto. Mm. It's allowed me to actually be who I am, and I, I miss the sport so much. I mean, I might not even get on, but just the fact that I've signed up to tryouts is just getting me buzzing. I'm trying to get some sort of flexibility back in the last few days because I've lost it all, and I'm just excited, which is a nice feeling to have, and it's I, a very long-winded I think answer. you're absolutely fucking brilliant
4: the passion at which you've spoken about cheer, the way you've held yourself the entire time that you've been here, the research that you've put into it, the effort that you've put into it to come in here and talk to us, and then to share your story, the deeper, the darkest parts of your story, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful to you for doing that. And I've loved sitting here listening to how much you love it, and you have to get back into it, mate. You have to get back into it, because the way your face lights up, at the prospect of doing it again. And the way you've talked, spoken about how much it empowered you to to be who you wanted to be, to be the person that you'd always sort of suppressed or hid away because you didn't want to be judged outside of it all, but cheer enabled you to come out of that shell. you got to get back involved, mate you got to do that. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And I'm really, and I know Tom is as well, that grateful to come on here and share your story like that because it would definitely help others out there that are feeling the same. On Joe show. How are we ending this? There's some dormer, I think. Oh, do really? you know Nessun Dorma?
7: I can sing the end of it. Should I sing Di Legua Notte, Tramontate, Stelle, Tramontate, Stelle, Alba Vincero? Yes, and so we so join
4: in so, on the Vincero, Joe, yeah? Just, How does yeah, that make it go? I don't want to do it like Alan Partridge, <laughs> to start too high and never be able to finish it. I would prefer the Alan Partridge. I do that quite version. a lot in. Uh, pubs. Can we do Babcock? <laughs> <laughs> big breath, yeah, big low breath, keep the shoulders down. What's the word? Uh, vincero. When I get to, I go Al, alba. Vincero, 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 and then we go da 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 yeah. da da. Do we have to do that last bit? Yeah, yeah. I think you'll feel like you want to when it comes to
1: it. Yeah. You yeah. damn fucking right, will. Ti tramontate alba vincerò, not I
4: Fucking hell. (laughs) Well, Well, I think we fucking nailed it. Amazing. We can fuck this podcast off and we're setting up our own fucking three tenors. (laughs) Uh, Rob, it's been fucking great fun listening to you, mate, and hearing all the ins and outs of uh, the operatic world. And it's it's nice to actually know that you're not a stereotypical uh, stuck-up twat, which is what I always thought opera might be an issue but you've opened my eyes up to a different world that's really lovely thank you it's been a massive pleasure thanks and
2: so dear listener that brings us to the end of our best bits episode part one now you may see a slight contradiction here because there is coming up next week a best bits part two can you really have a best bits if there's also another best bits i'm not sure that is the treat in store for you next week see you then
1: Crowd Network, a place where you belong.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.